This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, is this thing on? Hello? Hit it again. I think it's on now. Welcome to Fantastic Fridays with Doc, the episode that focuses on you, the fans of Hiker Trash Radio. Doc and his guest co-host are going to dive into fan-generated questions and content that you've shared with us. So lace up those hiking boots, grab your cold soak jar, and settle into your 20-mile pace as we fire up the podcast from somewhere deep in the backcountry. It's time to embrace the suck. All right. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is a brand new type of episode, the first of its kind, the first in the series. And I am excited to welcome to the first episode of Fantastic Fridays, my special co-host for this episode, Jeff Garmeyer. How's it going, Jeff? Good. I am stoked for this episode. People better buckle up because this is going to be a good one. 
Buckle up is correct. And you know what? I, I mentioned to you earlier that I am very appreciative that you're joining me tonight on the eve of a very momentous day for you. What's going on tomorrow? Oh, man. Well, today was a rest day, so I finally get to get in a run tomorrow. But other than that, we have the long-awaited, over three-year-awaited release of the movie on the Colorado Trail, FKT, coming out tomorrow. And it's titled? It's called Free Outside. It should be at a blockbuster near you. Do those still exist? Oh, probably not. No, I I think Amazon or Apple TV is going to be your best bet. But if they did, that'd be so cool to walk into a old school blockbuster 20 years ago and see your movie there. Man. I think there's one blockbuster left and it's in Alaska. Oh, man. There's a reason to go then. (laughs) Road trip. That's right. That's right. Me and you together. We're going to do a fantastic Friday in Alaska. (laughs) That would be epic. Now, I have to tell you that I have seen posts from all kinds of different people that I follow. It's been like a media blitz on Instagram with everybody posting about the release of Free Outside. So uh, I know that I posted something as well. I'm happy to be a part of that whole movement, but it really excited for you. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a lot of calling in favors that I've saved up for years. So I'm nearly out now. Just hoping to get <laughs> one back jar here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The favor jar is now empty. Yep. (laughs) All right. Hey, we are excited to bring you Fantastic Friday, a fan-driven episode of Hiker Trash Radio. So I'm hoping that we can do this every Friday. It's going to depend on you fans. If you can keep uh, providing us with content uh, for a Fantastic Friday every week. But I'm excited to have Jeff here with us today. And we're going to talk about a, a fun topic. I want to thank you, Central Virginia Tactical Instagram account for your suggestion that we take a look at paranormal experiences in the outdoors. And I have to tell you, when I approached Jeff with this concept, with this idea, there was no hesitation. You jumped at it. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen things out there, not in depth enough to do a whole episode. So it was a really good insight to, oh, I'd love to dive into other stories from out there where you're all alone and you don't know what's really happening. And I don't want to give anything away. Okay. Now, did you watch X-Files growing up? Uh, We didn't watch any TV. My mom actually hates TV, but I've seen it in my later years. Now that I'm growing older, I've seen a few episodes of X-Files. Once you were able to leave the nest and spread your wings, (laughs) you, you were exposed to other elements of American society. Yeah. I didn't go to any college classes because I had so much TV to catch up on. Nice. So I want to ask you, are you more Mulder or Scully when it comes to the unknown? Oh, I don't know. I'm really skeptical, but I want to believe to actually, I want to accept dive really far into it almost as far as believing it wholly and then be cynical about it. I just want to know everything before I make up my mind. Okay. I like it. I like it. So we each have a story to tell and react to tonight uh who's going first you or me i i am i am itching to go for it okay all right you are up first sir you go right ahead what do you have all right this story comes from to us from brad lane who wrote this the original source is from blue ridge outdoors.com you can find it it took place at least 12 years ago that's when the article came out and 
I'll leave it there and dive into this. We'll start with, he says it is a true account. And so imagine that you're working away at school and then you really, you get this random week off from school. It's maybe snow days or cancellation. So you decide to go off and do a solo backpacking trip, but you don't often solo backpack. And so that's what Brad does. He drives to the trailhead near Catawba in Virginia on the Appalachian Trail. He throws on his pack. He's not done a lot of solo backpacking and he starts going. And as someone who's done this, the silence is deafening at first. He, there was no tranquility. There was not much enjoyment. Every stick cracking, snapping, every sound had him on his toes. And Remind, Reminded he, you of your childhood when there's no TV yeah. allowed? Yeah, sneaking out of the house at night. Yeah, the TV thing. Yeah, yep, yeah. exactly. So it's hiking along. It's really not the experience he wanted, not quite the break from work, but it was just like my first day on the PCT. It's something that you're going to force yourself to learn to accept and be content with. And a lot of us probably need some more silence in our lives. So Brad fully accepts that. And he got to his campsite. He didn't make it too far. He cooked dinner that night, set up his tent. He couldn't fall asleep. He was there hearing the sounds of probably the wind, the things outside rustling, just couldn't sleep because he was alone. And then he finally fell asleep early in the morning. He must have slept way too late because the next day he got up and he only covered five miles. So he was either walking in a bear crawl or crab walking or something. He did not cover much ground. And then he set up camp again. And this is where things get a little extraordinary. So it's always on it, night two, right? It's night two it where things is. go a little wonky. And right after a bad night of sleep. Okay. We're set up okay. for some fun here. So he sets up his camp, he filters water, does all the normal things that you do when you're getting ready to go to bed. And then he's thinking about cooking dinner, but just too tired. It's dark. So he does this. I'm ashamed to say I've done the same thing. He does this thing where instead of cooking the ramen, he just eats that ramen raw. And that's it. He goes to bed, reads his book. He passes out very quickly because of the lack of sleep the night before. And in the middle of the night, he wakes up and is staring at the ceiling of his tent. He's not quite sure if he's awake or asleep. And outside are the sound of footsteps. So it is the Appalachian Trail. It could be footsteps or it could be someone, could be a deer, could be anything. But then he hears what he thinks is a gravelly voice. He can't make out any of the words, but it's disturbing. And so he can't fall back asleep. He's exhausted. Finally in the morning, he gets up, has oatmeal. There's a pretty big gap in his story here of hours because it took until the afternoon before he started hiking again. But then again, this may explain his five mile per day pace. Uh, So this day he covers three and a half miles. He must have a very complicated morning ritual to get out of the tent that late and get on the trail. And do we think that the uncooked ramen had anything to do with his his night auditory experiences? Certainly lack of energy. I do not think you're getting the full benefit of a pot of ramen when it's uncooked. 
a dehydration at the least. He's not getting anything in. And this day he breaks his own record. Instead of five miles, he covers three and a half. And <laughs> yeah, he is really in the midst of enjoying the adventure and probably taking one step, looking around, taking another step, look around further. So he gets to his camp three and a half miles later. If he had a good arm, he could hit that camp with the stone from where he camped the night before. <laughs> and so he then he makes a fire. And of course, like the Appalachian Trail is known. You can send hate mail to me. He pulls out a cigarette and sparks it up. And he, he is watching his fire burn and smokes his cigarette down to the butt. And then he throws it in the fire. But he misses, of course, because he's so tired and fueled only by uncooked ramen. And he walks over to pick it up, throws it in the fire. And when he turns around, he sees a figure behind him in red plaid, like a lumberjack look. But his face is burned. There's smoldering beard and white vacant eyes stare back at him. And so this is where it's getting weird. He's seeing a real figure. First footsteps, now a figure. And this is when he just loses it. He fell down in shock after seeing the man. The, the guy disappeared from sight, this figure. He packed up everything. And it's, I don't know, probably hiker midnight. So maybe at this point in time, 6.30 p.m. But he starts just scrambling through the night. Sometimes his, head, sometimes his headlamp is on. Sometimes it's off. He's afraid this figure is going to see him and chase him down. He is just running for it he so his pace is picked his pace has picked up a little bit yeah i think he's covered all eight and a half miles in probably an hour that he's hiked out i'm surprised he's not back at his car and he it sounds like he may have just gone off trail and got completely lost he mentions losing his or can't find his map and compass as if it would even work if his headlamps off so already not quite sure on this but then he stumbles through the night he finally sees this clearing as the the daylight is coming up and it's this meadow this pasture and you can see a gravel road in the distance i really think he should have just gone to that gravel road then but instead he decides to set up camp now at 12:30 he's really had a strange schedule he's covered every hour of the day of hiking in this short trip so far he sets up his tent he has a bite of salami, a bite of cheese, and falls asleep naturally at early afternoon. He wakes, he says, three hours later, and he smells something strange. And he looks over, and his tent is melting. It's burning. It's burned up. It's collapsing on itself. The plastic nylon is dripping down over the tent poles. And now he's really freaked out. All he grabs is his water bottle and sprints across the pasture to this gravel road. And on the gravel road, he sees this car. And so he goes up to it, and that car is standing in front of the charred remains of a house. And that car is also the sheriff's car. And he begs that sheriff for a ride into town. He gets one so he can get back to his car. And on that drive, the sheriff says, four nights ago, which was the day that this guy started his hike, there was a fire at that house that the car was in front of, and a mother, a father, and two daughters died in that fire. 
and Brad, not being an upstanding citizen, did not volunteer any of the abnormalities he experienced out there and kept that to himself until he wrote this article. Just kept it to himself. Wow, that is, that's a little creepy. It was a little bizarre as you're going through it, but then the creepiness tied in with that burned down house at the end. Yeah, I rehearsed this in front of the mirror so I could keep the suspense going. Well done, sir. Well done. Now, are we sure that it was only a cigarette that he was smoking? There, there are a few things like this where it was published in 2012. And in publications, if I was writing in 2012 and it wasn't a cigarette, I would probably just say cigarette instead of marijuana cigarette. So who knows? <laughs> That's right. And, and what is your sense from this story? How much credence should we give it? Have you experienced, I know you said you experienced some things out there but not, maybe not to the degree to write into a, a blog post or anything. But does this ring any bells or does this uh, resonate with you in any way whatsoever? So the one time, the most memorable time was in 2011 when I was on the PCT near Sisters, Oregon. And it was a full moon and I was trying to cover a lot of ground so I could stay at my friend's house who lived in Sisters the next day. It's probably midnight. And on this ridge, there was this similarly just a fire smoke coming up and i looked at my phone i had service there i looked the next day and there were never any reports of any fires or anything but it was a very distinct column of smoke that i saw and i just wrote it off as my eyes deceiving me but i'm sure i saw it so it's similar to this and i thought what we would adopt for both of our stories is ranking believability maybe from uh I don't know, uncooked ramen to premier f- freeze-dried meal. We'll, we'll give it a ranking of how believable we think this is. And I think, well, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, if I, I was just to make a note that if Brad came on the show and took the hiking pole, the fact that he ate uncooked ramen, his hiking pole score would be <laughs> pretty low. Yeah, that's a good question to include in your poll. Side note about Brad, I... I did a lot of research for this, and it looks like he through-hiked the Pacific Crest Trail in 2016, and that's the year I was out there on the calendar year Triple Crown. So we met very well, may have crossed paths at some point. So Interesting. um, And to break down this story from my point of view, I see a lot of exhaustion adding up, a lot of paranoia starting from the first step before seeing anything, and then a piece that validates it at the end but sometimes i think that hindsight at the end makes things or pieces you hear click into place i'm pretty i would say i'm at a very i'm at maybe like your grandma sent you a care package and half the chocolates melted type of believability here with a true ghost that's an interesting believability scale that you put in grandma's (laughs) chocolate gift to you that's great I'm going to say that the fact that he was alone and his hiking duration and times was, it was all very sporadic. So I'm not sure what was going on there and the, the cigarette or not cigarette and the <laughs> uncooked ramen. I also think this is a little bit dubious. Now, what metaphor could I use in my believability scale Maybe this is a, a broken trekking pole. One one broken trekking pole is what I give this on the scale. 
Yeah, and it is tough to write an article about it too. I think it it may be sensationalized and there's a few YouTube videos featuring it as well. So I think maybe there are some abnormalities, but they may have been blown up. I searched really hard to corroborate this burned house and um, a family losing their lives. I had a hard time, although this is pre-2012 when not quite everything made it on the internet. But I thought I would find something. So it's hard to back this up with facts. That's right. You had a city and a state and you had an approximate time period. And I really appreciate all the extra effort you (laughs) gave this assignment going back and trying to find some hard facts on this case. Well done, sir. Yeah, I was at the library using the microfish. (laughs) Yeah, if anyone knows what that is, give us a five-star review here. (laughs) Nice. All right. Hey, that was a great story. Thank Thank you you. for your presentation on that. A lot of work. It was really worth it too. It it was a fun story. I would highly recommend. I'm sure you're linking them in the show notes. It's a fun read. We are stoked to partner with Garage Grown Gear on this episode of Hiker Trash Radio. Garage Grown Gear, or GGG for short, is your online store for all things ultralight backpacking. Dedicated to supporting the growth of small and cottage brands, they've got everything you need all in one place. From ultralight accessories to dehydrated meals to your big three, Garage Grown Gear has everything you need to lighten your load. Based out of St. Paul, Minnesota, GGG is known for its commitment to providing quality ultralight gear, stellar customer service, Free shipping and returns over $40. Hey there, hikers. Ever conquered a peak only to find your feet a battlefield of blisters and hot spots? It's enough to make you want to pack it in and head home. But what if there was a way to hike harder, longer, and with more comfort? Introducing Creepers Merino Toe Socks. Made with ultra soft merino wool and seamless construction. These socks are designed to minimize blisters and hot spots, even on the most demanding trails. Imagine this, you're miles into your hike, the sun is shining, and your feet feel light and airy. You're not worried about blisters or hot spots, just the beauty of the wilderness surrounding you. That's the power of Creeper socks. Don't let blisters hold you back from your next adventure. Get your hands on a pair of Creeper's Merino Toe Socks today and experience the difference. Visit the website by following the link in the show notes to get 10% off your order. Make sure to use the discount code HTRADIO to let them know Doc sent you. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. 
Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Thru-hiker owned, Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. All right, that was a great story. Great presentation from Jeff Garmeyer. I have one as well. I did a little research, and are you ready for my story? I am so ready. I now have performance anxiety because you presented that so well, and now I'm nervous about how mine's going to come across. So I'll, I'll do my best. It's only going to make you better, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this story comes from Ranker.com, and that's Ranker, R-A-N-K-E-R, not R-A-N-C-O-R. I don't want to make this disagreeable or anything. Ranker.com. In its list of creepy forest ranger stories published on September 15th, 2017, and written by or compiled by Amanda Sedlak Hevener. And it's titled, Camped in the Vicinity of a Wendigo or Bigfoot. All right. So it sounds okay. interesting from the, from the start, right? I just hear clickbait, but let's go. Okay. And just some quick definitions for everybody who may not be familiar, familiar with what exactly a Wendigo is. Wendigo is a mythological creature or evil spirit originating from Algonquin folklore. And if you've been living, living in a cave and you haven't seen Bigfoot or heard about Bigfoot, Bigfoot is also commonly referred to as Sasquatch, is a large and hairy human-like mythical creature, or, or maybe real, alleged by some to inhabit forests in North America, particularly in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Let's just throw a caveat. If you're living in a cave that Bigfoot is not in and you need to know about what Bigfoot is. That's right. Now I know that you have spent some time in the Pacific Northwest. Have you not? I grew up there. Yeah. Lots of time. And any Bigfoot cries, squatch knocks, any sightings out there in your childhood? Lots of strange noises, but the main Bigfoot thing I have to say is when I was near Republic, Washington, it's in Eastern Washington, and I got a hitch from this guy, older guy, truck that barely ran, and he told me when I told him I was hiking, I think it was on the Great Western Loop or Pacific Northwest Trail, or I just, I think I just saw him in town outside the grocery store, and he just said, just look out for Bigfoot, you, or Sasquatch, you will smell one of them before you see them. And just know they live underground. A little food for thought there. Do you think he was speaking metaphorically about hiker trash? I don't know. It's the Pacific Northwest Trail about as remote as it gets. There's Back then, there wasn't much hiker trash out there. I think you would smell hiker trash before you see them as well. I've heard that about bears too. So I think any animal that showers as, as little as through hikers has a certain stench about them. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you told that story in our first episode together. That sounds very familiar. One of 10 episodes, probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's the story. I'm, go, I'm, I'm not as creative as you. So I'm going to read excerpts of the story from the point of view of the contributor. All right. So I'm there. I'm in this experience from the point of view of that particular backpacker. So here you go. About seven years ago, I was on a backpacking trip with three friends, one a ranger, the rest of us bio slash botany nerds, and all four of us saw something we still cannot explain. Day one went off without a hitch, as you might expect. It was a bit Always long and a lot of elevation gain, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, we set up camp and heated beans and rice under what was one of the clearest summer skies I can remember. This is up in Washington, and the night sky from the mountains is just unreal. 
Day two was different. All four of us awoke shortly before dusk to a shrill scream. None of us could quite make it out. If I remember correctly, we assumed it was a coyote, that familiar yelp kind of wail. Anyways, it was pretty close, which is probably why it woke us all up. So we started scoping out a small radius around the campsite. We found what looked like somebody had put a bomb in some kind of animal, a totally indecipherable heap of flesh and fur, probably about the size of a German shepherd, similar fur coloration as well. We discussed how odd that was for a bit, and we moved on. Best explanation was something tore into it and bailed, maybe by the sound of us waking up. So that was day two. A little concerning, right? Would you be concerned at that point? Yeah, I think the line that's, and then we moved on. Oh, it's just a torn up animal next to our camp, but it's fine. Yeah. All right. So day three, we're winding down from a fairly short day of hiking. Now he doesn't list the mileage. So he may be on the same speed as Brad, but I'm not sure. So the sun was just making its way down over the tree line while we busted out the whiskey and started boiling a pot of water for more beans and rice. I'll (laughs) never forget this moment as long as I live. One of the crew was just launching into a story about his ex, and it went something like this. Yeah, so she was just about the worst possible kind of... He gets cut off by a loud pop, which we all unanimously recognized and described as a tree's last leg snapping before it falls. We're all standing now, scanning the tree line. We're in a small clearing, aside from a single large tree that we're next to. A few minutes go by without a sound, nothing. Then we start hearing the forest life begin making noise again. It had gone silent when that big snap happened, and then the birds came back out, started doing their thing. We all settled back in, presuming the tree wound up leaning up against another tree instead of hitting the forest floor. It sounded pretty close, but there aren't too many trees we need to be concerned about, None, none which could reach us if it fell in the middle of the night. Then, another wail, like the one we heard on the first night, except more distant. Though I never sense it, one of the crew says it sounded like it came from a cave, like it echoed. So we go looking for a cave in that general direction. Of course. We search for about 45 minutes before one of us suggests we just head back as we're going to be out of sunlight pretty soon. More importantly, it's starting to get dark and we're a little ways away from the safety of our tents. We never find anything like a cave or something that would cause that kind of reverb or any kind of body. Heading back towards the clearing, towards our campsite from the woods, something catches a friend's eye. Did you see that? He's pointing across the clearing, and we're all looking that direction, scanning the tree line. Where? What? Dude, I'm telling you, there was a person right there, just beyond camp. He's visibly shaken by it, and it's pretty obvious he isn't fooling around or even thought he could be mistaken. We're nowhere near a road or a town And even the nearest trail is miles away. The friend who saw the figure suggests we all take a knee and wait while we hide in the tree line's cover. So there we are, kneeling in the brush, staring at our own campsite from the other side of the clearing, when we all simultaneously see a figure start to move against the brush. This becomes increasingly unsettling. I remember noting our ranger buddy readying his rifle and another friend putting a hand on his knife. We're all feeling the same uneasiness now. I say we saw a figure, but really we could just hear and occasionally see the brush moving in that area. Ranger Buddy declares it has to be a bear. 
the original spotter whispering his argument about it standing up like a person. Either way, we decide getting into the clearing and making our presence known was the best choice. We either need to scare off the bear or confront this person. So we all stand up and jog into the clearing, shouting, hey, bear, like you do, right? Nothing happens. Nothing at all. Now we're all standing in the middle of the clearing, somewhere about halfway between our six o'clock position and our camp, just waiting for something to happen. We're about 20 minutes away from total darkness when there's another whale. I whirl around before realizing one of us was already looking that way and his face is totally pale. Then I see it too. We all do. There's a silhouette of a tall man leaning over something else, facing away from us, and then he clearly rests on one knee before turning to look our way. Our ranger buddy has his rifle in the air. He's about to lay into him, yell at him about hunting, when the figure comes to a full stand and then takes off away from us. And I don't mean like a man scrambling to run away or a bear bounding off into the brush. It's, this is more like Usain Bolt if you were born and raised in the mountains. <laughs> Never in my life have I seen anything like it. And I'm almost embarrassed to admit it. My first reaction was ghost. After a pretty long wait and arguing over what it was we should be doing, we swing back to camp to grab a few flashlights and our lamp. We make our way over to where the figure was leaning, and it's another mound of flesh. Without getting too detailed, this time some unmistakable fox paws are intermixed. Again, it looks like it was exploded open and the meal eaten on the spot, not harvested like a hunter. You probably wouldn't be surprised. We don't sleep much that night. We make jokes about encountering Sasquatch out there. I've never been a spiritual man, still not, but it's very difficult to shake the inhuman yet human supernatural way of the way it looked and moved. So there you go, Jeff. There is my story from the Pacific Northwest. Was this an encounter with a Sasquatch or a Wendigo? I just want to go to one point in this story that may be quickly overlooked. They've had beans for two nights in a row and they're sitting around and joking about exes. And all I can think is it's that scene from Blazing Saddles. And that's when a possible Sasquatch comes in and it just tickles me. It's just such a funny visual of the effects of beans happening, guys talking about their exes and then bam, Sasquatch. Yeah, does that make this story more believable? It sounds typical what happens out there in the woods. And also, was that loud pop? Was that a result of the beans? The loud, Yeah, the loud pop, the sounds, the shrieks. It could, any of those sounds could be explained. But yeah, I think the main focus is the number of people here makes this more intriguing too. I, th- I think that's a pretty big key in believability is that – yeah, that has me thinking a little bit harder about this one. And also everyone seeing it in the strangeness of movement is because a lot of animals move pretty similarly, whether it's, I don't know, like a bear or a deer or something like that. And then thinking it's not one of those. There's some kernels in here that, that raise some suspicion for sure. Especially yeah. the hesitance to believe it as well at the end really starts you thinking he's doing a good job selling this. That's right. One of the things that stood out to me, a couple of things that stood out to me was, okay, they heard a whale, another whale, and it sounded like it had some reverb to it. So they go looking for a cave. That kind of jumped out at me. as like, what do you mean looking for a cave? 
Yeah, that that was a thought. And then also, once again, we have some stu- substance use. So there's uh, whiskey involved here, too. So, yeah, there's a theme here. But, yeah, these guys must be very brave to hear something scary, a shriek. Already have found a dead animal and are like, you know what? This time we got to go find what's killing things. That's right. I would just zip up the tent at that point. Yeah, that like eighth inch of nylon is going to protect you. It has for years for me. Exactly. It sounded like these guys were loaded for bear. A ranger's got a rifle with him. And another guy's got this hunting knife on his belt that he's got his hand on just in case. Yeah, the hunting rifle. Like, man, backpacked out with a whole rifle. That's pretty incredible. I haven't seen that much in a while. But yeah, I don't know. It is interesting that they're all staring at the same thing. And I'm. it's also interesting they stay camped at the same area too, even with strangeness around. I've had much smaller encounters and I've hiked on for two more hours just to put some distance between me and them. These guys are at least incredibly brave if this thing holds up. They're brave or they're something else. I don't know. Yeah. Whiskey too. That yeah. Liquid courage. <laughs> yeah. If I see some fresh scat that I'm not comfortable with, I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm going to hike on for a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's not that hard to pack up and move out. And if you got a ranger with a rifle there, might as well, well just keep moving. Let's get to the big questions here. What do you think? Does Bigfoot exist? I think realistically, a Bigfoot style creature did exist at some point. I don't think there is one anymore. What do you think about this? The Pacific Northwest, a lot of trees. A lot of trees. A lot of trees. A lot of remote areas. Yeah. A lot of strangeness. If D.B. Cooper could stay hidden in the Pacific Northwest, there is a chance. (laughs) Maybe it was D.B. Cooper. Maybe that's how he's surviving out there. (laughs) Let's just start going on Reddit and all these stories. Let's just say it's D.B. Cooper. Let's just start this going. It it is now, it's a good point. If it was going to exist somewhere, there are so many remote areas, Washington and Oregon in general. Once you get about 150 miles east of the coast, there's not a lot. There's a lot of public land and a lot of unknown out there. Yeah, I've heard stats about the ocean that like 92% of it we have not explored. We have no idea what a lot of the what is in a lot of the ocean. And there's probably some creatures down there that we have we've not uh, encountered. doesn't mean they're monsters. It just means they're animals. We, we've not been able to, to see your catalog. No, I'm trying to extrapolate that to the Pacific Northwest and the amount of unexplored forests out there. Could there be something living in the forest that we don't have classified in our Wikipedia yet? Maybe. Absolutely. So even in 20, 2011, even in 2014 still, they weren't sure if there were grizzlies in eastern Washington. So they didn't even have the technology or the knowledge to know that. And that's a known species and they know what they're looking for. So there's certainly big unknowns and grizzlies are monsters, I would say. So we're not talking about a drastically different thing. It's unlikely, but it's not zero for sure. What do you think? Do you think Bigfoot exists? Let's get you on the record here. I th- I think I'll, I'll commit to saying that there are probably some things in the forest that we have not seen. And 
there's been a lot of stories, a lot of, there's been the, the original Patterson video and the footprints. I know there's been some hoaxers out there, but I think there's other, there are other things that have not been cleared up. I think, like, I, like you said, it's not zero. I think that there's a chance. Yeah. And I Bigfoot probably just is a blurry creature as the comedians say. <laughs> nice. Now, if this was not Bigfoot, if this was not Sasquatch, what do you think these guys could have seen out there? What is this? Is there another explanation? I would go heavily to bear. Bears can stand on their hind legs. The only issue is it didn't bound away such as a bear, but at that point they're scared enough. Maybe they didn't see it or it sounds like it could have been dusk or dark and there wasn't good eyes on it. The grizzly, the closest grizzly bear I've encountered was on its hind legs standing up and even a black bear can do that. So I would say most likely a bear It is strange that it would eat an animal like that, but also it might not be if that animal happened to be already dead or something. There may be a way to fudge the carnivore instincts of a bear, especially a black bear as a scavenger for just getting the the best parts out of there quickly if it knows that there's other creatures around because a bear is going to smell them. It's going to know they're around. And if it's just rustling for a quick bite, then... That may be what it's attacking. It certainly wouldn't blow up the animal as they describe, but yeah, I don't know. I think you got to get both of these guys on your podcast and let me co-host. Let's just grill them and yes. see what happens here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, the whale that they heard twice, the whale possibly could be from the animal that's being attacked, right? Not necessarily the bear, because I don't know the bear's whale or shriek. Yeah, and the other thing is like a cougar or a mountain lion would – it's more the sound of baby crying or it could be considered a whale. So that's the other aspect of a confirmed animal in those parts that we could think it might be. So I don't know. Yeah. It, a bear wouldn't shriek and a mountain lion wouldn't be on a hind legs. I don't know. Maybe some yeah. combination and, of the two. And, and remember this is, this thing moved like it was uh, Usain Bolt. If he was born and raised in the mountains. Yeah, they've said they've never seen anything like that in person, and they probably haven't seen Usain Bolt run in person either. So That was a colorful turn of phrase, I thought, in the story, the, uh, the bringing in Usain Bolt out of nowhere. That was good. Yeah, I really liked the analogies in yours. It was well-written to provide a little bit of comedy, too, and to throw in what they're talking about specifically about their exes and stuff like that. It's pretty good. <laughs> Nice. All right. Any final thoughts? Oh, we need, we need to give this a rating on the plausibility scale, right? Yeah. I'm going to give this the rating of an external frame backpack in 2024 as a gear choice for a through hiker. Unlikely, but possible. Unlikely, but possible. I like that. I like that. That I am not near as creative as you. So I'm just <laughs> going to go with one and a half Hiking poles, intact hiking poles. Although I guess the second one would not be intact. So let's rephrase that broken to tip, one. Broken broken tip hiking pole. Broken tip. Yes. There you go. All right. Thank you, Jeff Garmeyer, for co-hosting. And I want to thank you for committing to be a regular part of Fantastic Fridays. And if the rest of them are like this, I'm going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Sign me up for this kind of thing every time. This was great. This paranormal stuff. I hope people just keep requesting it. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Just make that your standard request. We'll make it frightening Fridays with Doc and Jeff.
I have not researched anything this in depth in a while, and it was easy. It was so much fun, and I shouldn't have spent this much time, but I was so into it. I was diving into deep PDF records of arson in Virginia, just trying to corroborate my story. And it's not like you didn't have anything else going on in your life at this time. No, I don't have a movie release happening at midnight tonight, but no, this was great. Yeah. All right. And speaking of your movie release, they can find it on, I'm I'm looking now at your website and it says you can can pre-order it on Apple TV. It's going to be on Apple TV. This is big time. Yeah, it'll be on Amazon too. I think a lot of people, myself included, Amazon. So that'll be up there by the time this comes out. I'm sure I'll put the Amazon link. But yeah, we went big time with this guy. That's why it took three years. (laughs) Congratulations again. And thank you once again for co-hosting tonight's episode. Thank you very much. If enough people request me back, I'll make time. Okay. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to some spooky stories. And always remember... The trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if there's been a Sasquatch tracking you for the last four days. The trail is the trail. Embrace the sock. (laughs) 